morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is your buddy Adam, and once again, I am talking to myself, as always and forever, probably, and that's okay. I like me, and I hope that other people will like me too. Um, anyway, so I want to have a little bit of a shorter episode today. I'm actually recording this uh, right as I only have maybe like 10 minutes before I gotta leave, so I'm probably gonna be late to work. No, I won't be late to work, I'll be fine, I live nearby. Uh, but I want to kind of talk about something that uh, I realized was a pretty big impact on my life um, in a couple of different ways that I was wondering if maybe other people might relate to. Um, so last year, early last year in 2019, um, I got my septum repaired. Uh, and for those of you, uh, you know, who might not be familiar with the jargon, your septum's pretty much like that, that the central part of your nose that kind of forms that bridge where, that, where you have a nostril on either side. It's like the bridge part. Um, on the inside, that is. Um, and probably technically on the outside, if you think about it. I don't know how much of that is also the septum. Just enough of it. So anyway, like for, for years now, I had, I still do have some breathing issues um, that are just from severity of allergy reactors in my body. I forget what the whole jargon is, but my um, hemoglobulin fours or sixes or whatever the hell the numbers are. It all overreacts when I get exposed to things that I'm even slightly allergic to. I don't have a long list, but the list is there enough that it's not that my body's like, oh gosh, pollen, you're dead. Well, actually, no, that's what it does do. <laughs> In actuality, my pollen or anything like that, like any, like I'm allergic to common grass, right? And if I get exposed to common grass, I'm not going to have such a reaction that I'm going to die. Like I'm not going to asphyxiate or anything. However, my body thinks so. So it releases a lot of these, you know, uh, these little fighters that's going to fight it all off. And it, it, it's, it's uh, emergency alert system goes off and all the red lights are going off and the alarms, everybody's going crazy running around. Um, that's what happens is the moment I'm exposed to it, my body thinks, oh my God, you're dying and like tries to fight it. So I get all like itchy and puffy and sniffly and everything because my body's inflamed. But anyway, so that's something I'm still dealing with. However, um, as far as the septum thing is concerned, that was, I don't know if it's something I've lived with my whole life or if it's something that happened to me when I was a young, like a younger adult. I only just noticed a lot more of it when I was a younger adult. So I have a feeling it's when I was in a, letting people pie me in the face and this one kid decked me really hard like he just like instead of pushing the pie in my face he like punched it into my face and I remember my nose hurting so badly that I, I swear I was bleeding I wasn't but there was like like red cherry sauce on it and I thought that was my blood at first that's the only time I can think of in my recent memory that that probably made it happen but apparently it doesn't take much to deviate your septum kid so anyway I was finding I was having a lot of trouble breathing and um I'd use neti pots. I resorted to neti pots, which I know aren't the most exciting thing to use, but they are effective. And I'd always noticed that one side, the water, had a really hard time coming out of or going in. I kept thinking, like, what the hell? Uh, and I remember shining lights up my nose, like, kind of looking in the mirrors, trying to see, like, what, what's different. And I noticed there was a couple things. I was worried I had polyps. It was a whole thing. Like, it was, it was frightening. Um, and so uh, I didn't have health insurance for a lot of those years. And so I had to just deal with it. I had to... Uh, do what I could, take whatever medications I needed, anything that would help me, you know, if when I got sick, let me just tell you, you don't, for anybody, like, now that I have my septum repaired, I gotta tell you, when you're sick, like, if you have a stuffy nose, um, or a runny nose at that, I tell you, having that extra nostril is huge, it's so huge, like, I realize now that when I always hated getting sick, not that anybody likes it, 
but I really hated getting sick because I couldn't breathe at all. Like it might, you know, because I had one nostril that was essentially completely plugged. So then if the other one also got plugged, I couldn't breathe through my nose. Um, and where I realize now that I have a fixed septum, when I have that problem, like I can still kind of breathe because <laughs> that's what your body does. It switches. It, it lets your nostrils take turns you know, sharing the load of, of all that mucus and everything that's trying to come out. Um, and so uh, I think uh, and now that I've experienced it without a deviated septum, I'm thinking, oh, man, all you people are wusses. You all a bunch of wusses. You, you don't know what it's like to be sick. Um, anyway, and I'm kind of being a bitch about it. But um, anyway, uh, <laughs> so the point, the reason I want to tell you about this is because, it, first of all, it's worth it. If you think you have an issue and you think your septum is deviated, the process can be a little awkward when you go through it all, but it is worth it. It's absolutely worth it um, because I already I felt a big difference. Like Even though I still was recovering after surgery, I felt it. Like it, There was a balance that I didn't realize that I had. Um, but you know, what was funny was when I finally got the insurance and I made this goal to get my septum fixed, it was my big goal of 2019 was get your septum fixed, Adam. You got to get it done. Um, and so uh, I went to the doctor, I went to the otolaryngologist, or the ear, nose, and throat doctor, is what most people know it as, um, and it, the lady I saw was especially versed in, you know, working on the, the nose area, the nostril area. And um, so the first thing she did was she sat me in this big chair, and she took this camera, and this camera was, I mean, I might be exaggerating a little, but it's, I mean, my girlfriend, well, she's not my girlfriend anymore, sadly, but my girlfriend that was there at the time uh, was there, and she she saw this camera, so she corroborated that it. it was a pretty big camera. So, you know, this thing went from watching, trying to compare it to her, her arm and the camera going towards my face. The camera tube was probably at least as long as her forearm, or at least pretty close. And this thing slowly disappeared up into my nose, and she showed me the inside of my nose on a monitor while she was doing it and I tell you like watching her like watching how close her hand got to my face by pushing a camera up my nose each time was ugh, I, it was such a weird feeling I felt like she was trying to look at my brain like I but actually having the one interesting thing in there was seeing what it looked like up my nose was that you can see kind of some of the pathways like you know where where it all goes um, so that was pretty interesting and seeing the difference between a deviated and a non-deviated side of the um of, of the nose is like holy crap like it just looked like a cave-in on the one side and I was like holy shit like no wonder I can't breathe there's like no room over there um and so that that first of all was like terrifying because this thing <laughs> this big this big tube just disappears into your face hole you don't realize how far your nostrils go um until like this thing disappears actually I'm starting to gag in the back of my throat thinking about it a little because it went really far ugh Sorry, I was reliving it there for a second. So it's a little unpleasant. I'm not going to lie. But it's worth it. Right? So she says, oh, you know, this is what we got to do. This is how we fix it. And so she kind of gave me this whole idea about um, how they would essentially form like a, a bridge where the, the side of the nostril that wasn't messed up would support both sides so the septum didn't have to work too hard. Something like that. I don't know all the jargon, nor am I a, a, a construction worker, so I don't know all that stuff. But anyway, it, it worked. <laughs> it worked. But she says, well, while you're here, why don't we take a look at your ears? You know, since you're, you know, and I said, 
yeah, okay, okay. I, I wasn't expecting to get my ears looked at, but sure, yeah, let's take a look at my ears. Oh. So she shines a light in there a little bit, and she says, oh, yeah, we got to clean those puppies out. You got some stuff in there. And I was like, okay. Um, and so she takes this hook, and again, this hook is massive. Now, not, not the hook itself, I should say, but the, the uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but like, the long part of it, the long part, you know, like the, the rod that the hook is attached to is, is long. Ugh. And she shoved that thing in my ear. She had me lay down on one side. She took this hook. And again, my girlfriend was there for that too. And she was like, she was like, Adam, this, this, I can't believe that whole thing fit down your ear. Like it was, it's huge. And, um, she, uh, she, she was cringing while, it, that was probably the most horrifying thing I've ever felt in a doctor's office because like what they did was apparently they found like all this impacted wax like you know and she said like it happens when people use um it happens when people use q-tips or cotton swabs and she said more gets pushed down than it does gets then gets taken out and so um so essentially said there were like these large raisin like formations there that were packed it that were packed in over years and years and years of using q-tips and i was like okay so she goes i'm gonna take one out and i was like okay oh that hurt not only having that hook in there i was so afraid that she was gonna pierce my brain and she says you know she says do you actually feel like that's happening and she scared me because i said she's like i think she goes I, th I said i think you're gonna pierce my brain and she goes or pierce my eardrum i forget what i said and she goes well that can happen so hold still and i was like oh shit uh, so she takes this thing and she's digging this hook, this like kind of curved hook, because she has to get leverage, right? So it's like a curvy murderer's hook that she uses to kind of like dig underneath it, right? And I can feel everything. I can feel everything. It's so, the pain is so palatable. Like it's, ugh, palatable, palpable, that's the word, palpable. Um, that like I can feel everything. And it was sticking in there, right? Because it's wax. So like she has to really dig to keep this thing moving. Uh, and then I can just feel it ripping and ripping. And it feels like someone's, it feels like, you know how you've had a bandage on for a long time, like a bandaid or an adhesive strip, if you want to be technical. Uh, and it's like, you have to rip it off and it hurts like hell. If you take it off slow, it hurts even more, especially if you've got hairy legs or arms. <laughs> it was like somebody was ripping a bandage, a bandaid off inside of the base of my ear. And holy shit, it hurts so bad. And she rips it out and all of a sudden I can hear ringing, like my ear's just going, Ooh. Like, and I just, oh, I just, I couldn't concentrate at that point. I just like, I, I said to the doctor, I said, you know what, ma'am, you don't have to do the other side. I'm fine. <laughs> like, you know what? One side's good. She goes, do you want to look at it? And I was like, absolutely not. Uh, and again, my girl's there. So she's seeing all the stuff that's inside of me, right? <laughs> I was surprised you stayed with me that long. Um, so then she lays on my other side and does the same thing. I'm just, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Even though I felt it once, I'm just not ready for it. Uh, and again, she does again. She goes, I'm going to hold still. I'm going to do it one more time. And then you're going to be good. I promise. Second time's easier than the first. And I said, okay, doc, I'm already here. <laughs> and so she shoves that hook right down in my ear hole again. Ooh, just feeling it go in. Again, that's making me gag a little just thinking about it. Because <clears throat> you can feel it. It's everywhere. Like all that stuff is connected. And uh, she rips that one out. And, and admittedly, that one did come out a lot easier than the first one. However, it was still... I would not recommend it. It was, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And I remember when they pulled that out, I sat up and she says, well, it's a good thing we took the other one out too, or you would be a little off balance. 
and I was already off balance. Like I didn't realize how much of an impact it made, but I was hearing echoes off the walls that I hadn't heard when I first came in there. It's like everything was very echoey and very loud, and it was actually very disorienting because um, I, I get, I mean, again, like those are your ears, and you know, if you get your ears boxed in, like that, throw off your balance and everything. But like that was very. Dis I actually had having to have my girl drive me uh, to go get my. Um, to go to go get uh, we had to go get something from the pharmacy I think and um, oh yeah we did because they were trying to wean me off this nasal spray that I was using that's another whole part of it just I got addicted not addicted but I got very reliant upon a nasal spray so I could breathe but it turns out if you use a nasal spray too much then like your symptoms get worse so I learned that the hard way um, so that to get me like a steroid to wean me off of it so I could get my surgery but anyway I remember having to have her drive because I, I was really having a hard time walking and, and, and you know, it, it wore off after about an hour, but again, I just, like, everything was very loud. Like, it's, I felt like I had, like, Superman's super hearing or, 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 so, or something like that. Um, so anyway, I, um, I, uh, so we, we went through all that and that was probably the hardest part of the whole thing. And then, you know, I'd say it was about maybe two, two weeks later, uh, we got scheduled for the surgery. And uh, so that all happened so quickly. Thank goodness they got me in. It was like five o'clock in the morning or something because I didn't have to wait very long because, of course, you're not allowed to eat before you do anything. Uh, and they, they took me in. They took off all my clothes. Well, no, I did that. They didn't take my clothes off. <laughs> they did that for me. Um, and I went in there and... Uh, they uh, they went in. They did their thing. The last thing I remember that was the first time I was ever under, under anesthesia, uh, at least like heavy anesthesia. I was under like laughing gas as a kid for like dentists and stuff, but anesthesia that knocks you straight out. And I remember the last thing I said to the doctors, like the surgical team, they like strap your head down so you don't move in your sleep. They like put this big strap. I felt like they're about to do like a bunch of experiments on me because it all happens so quickly. I guess that's something they don't really tell you. And they don't really prepare you for it. They don't really tell you, like, hey, just so you know, your head's going to be strapped down. And that they're going to strap down your arms. And um, stuff that, like, I guess they don't really show you in medical shows either. Uh, but I guess if they tell you that in the beginning, people who have anxiety over it may freak out and not want to do it. But, you know, they, they I remember they're just, like, hooking up oxygen masks to my face. And then they're putting needles in my arms. And then they're strapping my head to the table. And I'm like, well, I didn't know you were doing this. And I even said to the doctor, I was like, what's this for? She goes, so you don't move while I'm working on your nose. And I was like... But won't I be asleep? <laughs> she says, yeah, but you might still move. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, so that was that was frightening. Um, but I uh, <laughs> I remember last thing I said, I was like, all right, gang, let's let's do it. You know, and I, I think I was in the middle of saying something else. And I, then the lights went off. And it, I actually don't. I just remember saying something like, all right, gang, I appreciate you. I was trying to give some sort of pep speech <laughs> just because I was a little nervous. And I was trying to jack myself up. But um then I remember being out and then uh, waking up uh, waking up in another room that wasn't the room that I originally started in, in a different hospital bed. Um, and that was probably the most disorienting thing was like I've never fallen asleep, like unless I was a kid and somebody carried me somewhere when I fell asleep. But as an adult, I've never fallen asleep someplace so quickly and then woken up somewhere else feeling so groggy. And I definitely remember that as, even though I was under anesthesia's effects was like, where the hell am I? Like, I, this wasn't where I was. This computer wasn't in front of me. So I remember memorizing, like, what, like, outside of my curtain looked like. And, and, and none of that stuff was there. And uh, I remember being like, I woke up. And I remember looking around. And I remember seeing my girl there. Uh, and someone was coming to check on me multiple times. 
I don't remember everything. I remember bits and pieces of it. Like, I, I remember that I was emotional and then really happy. I bounced between being sad and happy the whole time. Uh, my, my younger brother was going through a lot of harsh stuff, so I think I was, like, living through some of that, so I was very sad then. And I was also very happy, and I, I do remember saying that the nurses were the real MVPs of the hospital, and my girl had told me that uh, I kept asking the nurse her name, like, three or four different times because I kept forgetting it after I talked to her. Um, but overall, everybody said I was very pleasant and I was very giddy and very um, appreciative. I, again, I don't remember much more beyond that, but that's what, what they all told me. Uh, and uh, my girl had said that the, the nursing staff loved me and people kept coming in to say hi because they wanted to talk to me. Uh, <laughs> so that's good. I was, I was worried what I'd be like under some sort of um, influence where I didn't have full control of myself. Um, so, but I remember even then, like once the anesthesia started to clear, I was... I was still a little dizzy, but I could still feel that even though I was still bleeding, because there's like, you bleed for a couple extra days after, um, that I could breathe through my nose, like the whole, and I remember that was just like a thing where like I went outside, even though the anesthesia was starting to wear off about a half hour later, and I remember having the windows down, it was a little cold out, it was like early March, I think, can't remember exactly when it was, it was February or March, and uh, it was a little cold out, but I was just trying to see what breathing new air felt like, and um, it's definitely a difference, but the, the thing that was probably weirdest after that was I had to sleep sitting upright, which sucks the first night. That that hurt so bad. My back, sleep, I don't know how grandpas do it, <laughs> sitting upright, sleeping, it was awful. Um, but uh, what, what they do is they tape gauze. They take standard tape or medical tape, either one, and they tape gauze. They fold it up into like a rectangle, and then they tape it to your face underneath your nose so that it catches the blood that's gradually dripping from your nose for the next few days. And, like, it's so weird. Because, like, I keep thinking, and maybe there is. There's got to be a more, there's got to be a better way to do this. Because, like, I have to keep taping tape to my face. Which, like, made that part of my skin so raw over the next few days. Because it was constantly being taped and untaped. And, like, you have this gauze that's catching blood. And it's constantly filling up. So if you're anywhere with people, you just blood that's always, like, <laughs> hanging underneath your nose the whole time. Uh... And uh, I remember thinking, like, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be some sort of opaque blood catcher or, or something that they can give you. For as much as you pay for these things, as much as your insurance has to pay for, like, there's got to be something that they can give you. You know, they gave me pain meds. I ended up not using them. I just took some standard Tylenol when I got home. But I remember thinking, like, you know, if I can take standard Tylenol, like, they, I didn't ask for any of the meds. Instead of, instead of me paying for these meds I'm not going to use, give me some, give me a better constructed blood catcher or some shit. Um, so that was that was the whole thing. And what they do is they put these splints up your nose to hold everything in place while your muscle tissue heals, or while your nose tissue heals. I don't know if that's muscle technically. Your cartilage, excuse me, heals. Um, and looking up through my nose, like I, again, you forget how far the passages of your nose go. But I shined a light up there and they just look like the splints with these little buttons, right? But about, after about six or seven days, I had to go back and get my splints out. Um, and it, it, they said it's very pertinent that you get those out. Like, you can't leave them in for more than a week. You're like, I don't know what side effects will happen, but they said it's bad. And so right before I went to go get them out, I thought they were just these little buttons, right? Because that's all you can see. So I looked up on the way to the doctor's office. I looked up what the splints look like because I realized I never looked at them before. And turns out that they are huge. They're these massive... I say massive, but I mean, like, for the size of one's nose, they're huge. Like, they're maybe a couple inches long, and they go real deep up into your nose to hold the structure. And they, when they pulled those out, like, it, it's, first of all, it's gross. 
like a lot of snot comes out and blood comes out when they pull them. Like not a lot of blood, like you're bleeding, but like just residual blood. And just feeling that come out, it's like, I don't even know how to describe it without being gross. But it just slides out like an eel. Like they just take it and it just, and it just slides out. And you can just feel this pressure, this relief from your nose the moment they take them out. And I remember being like, whoa. And that made me a little dizzy as well. But then seeing them for the first time, I was like, holy shit, they're huge. They're like bigger than my palm. Like they, they put these things up my nose. You know, and you don't realize just how incredible and how resilient and how complex your body is even in just like simple places like your nose i'm like holy shit like how <laughs> i mean i know i have a bit of a big nose but holy cow <laughs> they fit those things up there uh and that was all a very educating experience for me because i didn't realize how much work goes into that and over the course of the next few weeks like you, know, you still gotta blow your nose a lot and get anything else that's stuck up there or dead tissue or whatever i know that's gross and i'm sorry um but if you're planning on getting it taken care of or if you know somebody who might uh, those are things to expect, uh, and uh, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, obviously, but it's not all that bad either. Like, I, some of what I said probably made it sound worse than it is, but, like, getting my ears cleaned, I'm glad I did it. It sucked, but if you know what you're getting into, it'll be a little less scary. Um, that was worth it. Uh, seeing what everything looks like was worth it. Being able to breathe is absolutely worth it. Uh, understanding what they're doing and kind of how everything works will prepare you better if that's something that you know you need to do or if somebody you know needs to get it done. And I promise you, you will feel a difference. Uh, I can smell a little bit different. Some food tastes a little bit different, but like in a good way. Food that I, you know, didn't really like before. I relied a lot. I relied heavily on sweeter foods and sweets in general because, you know, my sense of taste was very dampened. I couldn't appreciate hot tea because uh, it always just tastes like hot water to me. So, like, that's nice. I can appreciate tea now. Um, it doesn't change it so dramatically that, like, it'll rock your world, but it'll be enough that you're like, oh, hey, like, I didn't know I liked this. Um... And some people say that it makes you hate foods that you didn't, that you liked before. I haven't experienced that, but, like, I don't eat as much sweets anymore just because, like, I can taste it better, so I don't need as much of it to satiate that feeling of flavor. Um, but other than that, like, I don't hate it. I don't hate anything that I liked before. I actually like things that I didn't like before, so all win-win there, baby. Uh, so there you go. I just wanted to fill you guys all in on that real quick because if you're thinking about getting it done, it's definitely worth it. I would have, you know... and everybody's levels of deviation is different so if you have a deviated septum or if you think that you might just go to see an otolaryngologist man they're awesome they're, they, they, they do good work and they do gross work like they have to deal with the gross parts of our body and they do it with smiles on their faces because they're so used to it so um, hopefully you find yourself a good doctor and get it all done if you don't need any of those things well just know that if it ever happens to you you know what to expect or if you have a friend going through it you know how to walk them through it so <sighs> that's it alright well I should probably get to work now, so here we go. Definitely didn't take this short episode like I meant to, but there's a lot to it. Anyway, sincerely, if you made it this far, uh, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I love you so much. You want to go out sometime? Want to go on a date? Maybe just a man date? Girl date? Doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. You want to go see the new uh, Birds of Prey movie? Let's go. Let's go talk about that. Yeah. By the time I release this movie, it's probably <laughs> it's probably been out for a few months. This movie, this episode. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, 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 what order I'm going to release anything in. So maybe it's out by now. Maybe it isn't. If it isn't, let's go rent it. <laughs> if it's out now, let's go rent the movie. Um, but that's it. Thank you so much. Uh, and always and forever. Sincerely, I hope that you're taking care of your mind, taking care of your heart, and most importantly, taking care of each other. It's a tough world out there. Stick together, baby. And we'll see you guys soon.